0: Coach, I just want to lead it off here. Uh, you have a couple injuries you're dealing with. Uh, Fatty McMillan, he's, what, what's he looking like? I thought I was hearing about a, a, a possible Thanksgiving return, and then, of course, Chris Gaston with the, uh, with the knee injury. What can you tell us on that front?
1: Yeah, well, uh, in, in Fatty's case, you know, he had a second shoulder surgery, and the first one uh, wasn't done here at Fordham. It wasn't done very well, and, and there were major issues when they went back in. So he's still a couple weeks away, at least, it, it appears, uh, and, and that's – You know, that's as big a blow for us in practice as it is in games, just because you're down another live body and, and, you know, guys going after each other. In Chris's case, his surgery went well, and, uh, you know, Dr. Zambetti, Fordham's own, uh, took care of him, and uh, that went very well. We're anticipating him to be back in a month, which would probably get him back for the game at the Barkley Center against Princeton. But, uh, you know, once again, I've had guys have similar surgeries, and they're back two, three weeks. I've had other guys at six weeks, so you really – have to see how the rehab process goes with both.
2: Coach, one of the things I noticed when I was in Lehigh with the team, with Gaston out, was that your players did do a great job of finding alternatives, and it seemed like there was a lot more ball movement in both games. Down the stretch also, Jeff Short, Brian Smith, Frazier, all played well. You know, Frazier got to the lane, he was able to kick it out. Were you impressed by the way your young team was able to handle tough situations and how they were are able to go on without Chris Gaston?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. I, look, this is all about opportunities. Injuries are going to happen in sport, and, and the next guy's got to step up. And In our case, what this is going to do is give opportunities for guys who did not get uh, a lot of minutes or probably would have got fewer minutes had Chris been healthy to get opportunities to shine, and that's what this is all about. So they're going to grow a little bit as players. I think we'll be a better team when we become completely healthy again and get everyone back because of the opportunities they're getting, the minutes they're getting and the floor experience that they're getting as young players.
0: Now uh, you talked about the injury. We're talking about the injury to Gaston and the impact of it uh, really ranging uh, in a lot of different ways. Brendan Frazier, uh, I want to know if he's going to be able to, to take over that scoring load and really uh, put some points on the board. And then also Tim Dwyer, uh, 2008 alum, was asking, we've seen a lot of four-guard lineups from you uh, is he, are you working on something with Ryan Rooms and Ryan Canty playing at the same time? What's your big man scenario looking like?
1: Yeah, well, we do that in practice a bit. You know, Rooms has still got an ankle. You know, he played uh, the other night on on a tender ankle. Today he struggled a little bit in practice, so we shut him down about midway through. Uh, he got an ankle sprain, I believe it was in the Pit game or the Robert Morris game, because he didn't play the Robert Morris game, I think. But, uh, yeah, we're doing some things with big people, but right now playing small against the non-conference schedule we're playing, I think, is advantageous for us. It gives us a lot more firepower when you play Jeff Short at the four spot. Khalid Robinson, who is our senior walk-on and one of our captains, has been starting the game and getting a few minutes. You know, he's a kamikaze kid. He's diving all over the floor and doing everything every day in practice, so we're rewarding him for that. And that's all part of the process as you change your culture. But, uh, you know, we're going to have opportunities to play big as well. Very often this time of the year for teams in in any conference, uh, it's difficult. uh, But the higher conferences, it's difficult when you play – smaller teams, very often teams in conferences, in the Northeast Conference, uh, the MAC, they'll play with smaller foremen. And you have guys six eight, six nine chasing around six three, six four guys. So it's not a bad time to be playing small.
2: And, Coach, uh, to go a little further on walk-on players, we have a fan question from Mike. He said, how can you justify giving three scholarships to walk-ons in the past two years? And before I let you answer, I was reading a story about how, you know, you worked your way up. You still have this blue-collar mentality. I think you made 300 Bucks, your first season of coaching basketball, and now that you are where you are, do you still reward the type of blue-collar mentality?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things people need to understand, and I think most savvy basketball people do, is we're we're changing a culture here. You know, it's not just building a basketball program. We have to change an entire culture, and, you know, last year we rewarded Ryan Hage with a scholarship. Uh, Ryan was a senior captain, uh, uh, you know, did everything right from the day we walked onto this campus and is truly an exceptional Fordham man. Now, you remember you have 13 scholarships, so you're not giving these guys scholarships uh, that were going to go to somebody who was going to walk on the floor and start for you most likely. There would be scholarships that would have been rolled over into next year's recruiting class. So I think it's a great opportunity to send a message to the team and let them know that these young guys who work hard are are worthy of this and they're going to be rewarded for their hard work and everything that they do. Same case scenario this year with Khalid Robinson, You know, a young guy who's an outstanding student, Fordham prep guy, came to us right from the prep. And, uh, you know, just every day is up in people's grills, rolling around on the floor, firing up his teammates. And it's an important part of of changing a mindset uh, here as we go forward and, and, and build this program. So, uh, you know, we're not going to give a whole lot that are going to carry over for four years. On occasion, we will do that. But uh, more often than not, we're going to reward uh, walk-ons who have done a great job for us over a three-year period and then in their senior year reward them with a scholarship if uh, if they're doing their job.
0: You mentioned recruiting, and speaking of scholarships, Bill was wondering uh, what the recruiting situation was for next year. What recruits do you have signed? Is the recruiting season over? Uh, and, of course, we, we, I think I know that you have Jake Fay coming, but who else can you tell us about?
1: Well, here's the deal. We, we're putting out an announcement. You're only allowed to talk about it one time uh, with these NCAA rules. So we have a one-time announcement going out about the three young men we signed. Uh, there's another young man that wants to come and be a walk-on with us who's unrecruited, whose uh, grandfather, Roly Massimino, I worked for years ago, and uh, he's an outstanding student and a, and a good player who wants to come to Fordham and get a great education and be a walk-on. So we're going to have three signees, and recruiting never ends. Um, you know, you never know how, how a season's going to play out. You don't know about young men who, God forbid, there's injuries, young men who decide to move on if they're not getting a lot of playing time. So we're constantly recruiting. I'm, you know, I'm I'm leaving here and going to watch a high school practice, uh, as our, as my assistants are out now after practice today. So recruiting never stops because you're looking at seniors, you're looking at juniors, sophomores, and, and in some case freshmen. So, uh, yeah, the recruiting season really doesn't stop, except for dead periods when uh, you know we're not allowed to be out at all.
2: And we've had a lot of talk lately about colleges leaving their conference to go on to a better conference, one that may benefit them more financially. We got a question from Mike from Stanford, and he says uh, – are there any? There are rumors of Fordham wanting to leave the A10 for the Patriot League. I've never heard this, but is this something you've heard about you being the basketball coach of the men's team here?
1: Oh, very much so. I think that there was concern, you know, when we went through our athletic director search, and then we hired Dave Roach, who came to us from the Patriot League. Uh, right now, there's rumors flying around about everyone leaving every league, uh, but you know, I've been assured from from the mountaintop here at Fordham that that's not going to be the case. We're we're an Atlantic Ten basketball program. I think uh, the Patriot League is a good fit for our football. But for the rest of the sports, the A-10 is where we want to be. And uh, that's where I want to be. That's why I came here. I came here to coach in the Atlantic 10. And, and the challenge of us building this program in the Atlantic 10 is is a lot tougher than it would be if we were in some other leagues. But, uh, but that's what we came here to do, and that's what I expect us to do as we move forward.
0: That is a very interesting question. John Peterson of uh, Fordham College, 74, he asks you, Although you sing the praises of the Rose Hill Gym, would you not agree that it is time for Fordham basketball to leave that venue and play most of its important games at the Barclays Center or MSG if we ever are able to elevate ourselves to the ranks of some of our eight ten 10 program rivals? Which major arena would you prefer to play in? Of course, you're playing in both this year. Right. Have you been to the Barclays Center?
1: I have. I've been to the Barclays Center twice for our media day. and. They had a grand opening weekend event that they invited all the local coaches that were coaching teams in there too. It's an incredible venue, uh, as the Garden is. The Garden continues to upgrade and, and, uh, and do the things that uh, they need to do there to, to keep pace with the best arenas in the country. And obviously the garden's a, a magical place. I think the first thing, that's a good question by John, the first thing we need to do is get our alumni base, our fan base, our student body to fill, fill Rose, Hill, Rose Hill Gym every night. We have a home game Thursday night against Manhattan. I would hope that there'll be a lot more maroon in the building than green. Uh, when we're filling this building and when there's lines to get in this building, then we'll be able to go to Barclays and uh, the Garden and say, look, we travel well. You know, when if you put us in here against a good opponent, we will sell eight, ten thousand 10,000 seats. You know, everyone talks about in 71 when they were— Nationally ranked, and they played Marquette and Notre Dame in the Garden. Lost to Notre Dame in overtime. I'm sorry, lost to Marquette in overtime. Beat Notre Dame, and how proud all the Fordham fans were, and how they filled the Garden. Well, that's why the Garden wanted them there. They knew they could fill it. Uh, so I think we, you know, if we want to run with the big dogs, uh, dogs, you got to get up and, you know, you, you got to step up, and you got to buy tickets, and they have to feel confident that the Fordham alumni and the Fordham fan base is a strong enough one to take us to the next level, and I think that that's a big part of this. It's still a tremendous home court advantage to play in Rose Hill Gym, and we only have three home games in, in Rose Hill this year for a lot of reasons, uh, but one being it's very difficult to get people to come in there and play us, especially higher-level teams. That's not going to happen a whole lot. I think after St. John's two years ago, Georgia Tech last year, getting teams from the ACC Big East to come play here, that's not feasible. But we're, we're in contract negotiations with a couple teams, And some discussions uh, about, you know, playing home and homes in their big arena and then us playing them in either Barkley, which is advantageous for us because the A-10 tournament will be there each year. So we'd like to play at least one or two games there. So we feel like we have a little bit of a home court advantage and we've been in a building before. Uh, And the Garden, obviously.
2: We talked a little bit about how well the guards are playing with the absence of Gaston. And Tim Dwyer from the Gabelli School of Business 2008 wants to know, with the injury it seems that – most of the combinations have been a four-guard variety, and while sometimes opposition dictates lineups, is there any look to maybe a combo of Ryan Rooms and Canty playing at the same time or maybe any two big men, especially with how streaky the shooters can be? He also goes on to wish you good luck against Manhattan next week. Yeah, well,
1: thanks. Yeah, as I said earlier, I think Ryan Rooms is a little, he's a little tweaked up. You know, he's got that bad ankle. He is probably best suited to be that other four-man. Uh, you know, uh, Canty and Travion Leonard are more – uh, true centers, I would say. Uh, Trey will uh, evolve into someone who can play a little bit of that four spot. One of the things you need to be able to do is guard that position. And and sometimes that can be difficult if you're big and burly and they're playing small. Uh, you know, there might be opportunities when we play more zone for those two to play next to each other. Uh, but I think that the firepower that we get out of our backcourt uh, has been great over the last week of practice. I think our ball movement uh, has been much better, as you noticed, uh, down at Lehigh for those two games, and I and I think one of the reasons for that is you're playing with smaller, quicker uh, players that have a you know a greater skill set than some of the bigger people that generally play at that spot. You know, one of the terms we always uh, feel strongly about is with our quote-unquote four-man, our power forward position. If that person is skilled enough to dribble, shoot, pass, and shoot threes, then offense is seamless. And the best teams we've had, we've been able to find young guys, and we think through our recruiting class this year, we've been able to uh, to label a couple guys that can fill that need for us, and that really makes a difference because then the ball doesn't die anywhere on yeah. the floor, you know.
0: So, Kenny Ducey, Chris Marasco in studio, joined by uh, head coach of the Fordham men's basketball team, Tom Picor. You can call us up by the way at seven one eight three six five nine zero seven zero to uh, ask coach a question. You can also tweet at Kenny Ducey or at WFUV Sports. Coach, we got a question in from Rich Tier. And he wanted to know, uh, first of all, he wanted to tell you uh, to pay back the Jaspers for what they did to the Rams last year. But um, the alumni, you know, they question uh, if they're going to make the A-10 tournament or if Fordham's going to make the N-10 tournament where they're losing to teams like, uh, or other than Pitt, I guess, at the beginning of the year. This team, you know, they haven't seen the tournament in a a couple of years. What do you say uh, to those people doubting your chances at making the tournament and how confident are you that you got the right squad?
1: Well, I think what I would say is it's November, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and it's early in the year. And uh, obviously, uh, we have to grow a bunch as a team. We have to get better as a team. But uh, that's the mindset that we need to change here. You know, uh, and I I understand. I get it, guys. You know, it's been a rough decade, at least, uh, prior to us getting here. And, and, you know, years one and two, we've made a little bit of progress winning 17 games in two years after – five to two years prior. And I understand. I mean, one of the, one of the things I've shared with people when, when I'm out uh, doing alumni functions and, and fundraising is sometimes I look in the eyes of, of alums and, and they look like they're abused when it comes <laughs> to their basketball mindset. And to always look at the glass as half empty instead of saying, hey, we got a bunch of good young kids. They're getting experience. We were a possession away from winning the game against Fairfield the other night. Uh, and you have to be patient with young players if you want them to get good. If they continue to lose and then you're on their cases 24-7, what you do is you just take their hearts and you tear their hearts up. And then they never become good players and they never reach their potential. This is all part of the growth process. But, you know, there's got to be that faith in it's not going to be the same old Fordham. Uh, And until that mindset changes, there's a ripple effect. You know, there's a ripple effect when we try to get games in Barkley in the garden and we're not selling enough tickets because fans are sitting back and saying, I'm going to take a wait-and-see attitude. I'm going to get on board when they win. Well, hell, everyone's going to get on board when we win. (laughs) You know, but it's about, and I say to the team all the time, I say, guys, this is when you find out who your people are right now. This is when you find out who you want to be in a foxhole with during tough times. Once we start winning, trust me, the same guys, uh, uh, you know, and I know we got a good whooping at Manhattan last year. We got them here my first year. You know, the same guys who were hugging me before games, after the Manhattan game last year, were calling the A.D. saying you should fire Pacor. And I know who they are. So, I mean, I know who people are and what they're all about, and I think it's important for these young guys on the team to realize this is when you find out who's really with a program. This is when... Uh, you see who your true friends are. And there's a life lesson to be learned there. You know, when you got a pocket full of money, everybody wants to hang with you at, at the Howl, right? When you guys go down to Muggsy's or right. <laughs> Howl at the Moon. And then when you got $2 in your pocket, you find out who your real friends are when they step up and they buy your root beer.
2: <laughs> and, coach, for a small school, Fordham has such a big alumni and such a large following because of the names that have come out here, and they're always chiming in, you know, trying to have their say in what Fordham should do next. You inherited a team who, I think, had two wins when you took over. You were one of the more high-profile names to come through as a coach. What's your message? And, again, you're talking to a guy that has been following this team since Lamar Odom was playing for Rhode Island here at Rose Hill. And just what's your message to the fans in terms of time and what it's going to take for your players to come in, your recruits, until
1: this team, this Fordham squad, can really start climbing to the top ranks of the A-10? Well, keep the faith. I think you have to keep the faith and you have to understand where we started here. You know, I think, um, uh, you just, once again, you have to understand young players have to grow. Uh, you're, we are not going to go out and pull in uh, the same players out of high school that a Xavier or a Temple are because we don't have the same basketball tradition over the last 20 years as Xavier or Temple. So to get involved with those kind of players, what we need to do is we go out and we try to get involved early with players. We try to earmark players that we think have tremendous upsides, and they might be lacking one skill that might turn off some of the bigger schools, but we feel it's something we can work around or develop once they're here and find diamonds in the rough and then allow them to grow as players. And what we're selling them on is playing time. Uh, and coming here and having an opportunity to play in games and become better players. And that process goes on. We have, uh, you know, w- no seniors that we recruited. Obviously, Chris and Khalid were here. Uh, and then Brandon Frazier is all one junior. And then everyone else are freshmen and sophomores. So we are young. But, look, that's nobody wants to hear that. You want You think I want to hear it? It makes me feel any better when I go home after we lose a basketball game. You know, at yeah. 1130, I'm walking my dog alone, and I'm saying, man, you know. All I think about is different ways. How can we do this? How can we make this better? How can we get this guy to grow quicker? What do we do here? You know, and I have a great staff who works hard at it. Every day we meet before practice and we meet after practice. and We talk about who performed well in practice and what we have planned for the next day. And obviously we meet before practice to go over things. We talk about recruiting. So there's method to our madness, but it takes time. Uh, You know, when I took over at, at Hofstra, uh, Jay Wright went to Villanova. His seven seniors graduated, and we went from the 26th ranked conference in the league to the 10th ranked conference to the CAA from the A-10. And I used to kid with Jay and say, Look, I miss you. You know, he's my, one of my best friends, but I really miss those seven seniors, you know? And then we had to rebuild the program there. And I think we went 8, 12, 14, and then we got it rolling, you know, as those guys matured and became better. Now, I go out expecting to win every game and preparing to win every game, but I also understand. Uh, You know, this isn't my first uh, trip around the block here. I understand uh, what we have to do and and how small our margin for error is in certain games. And that can be dictated by, uh, uh, you know, a team being like Pittsburgh and being big and physical. It can be dictated by a team being uh, from a a lower-level conference but having a real veteran backcourt, which we ran into a couple games. And they're not excuses. That's just the real world. Now, it's my job to figure out ways for us to find uh, ways to win those games. But keep the faith. If you're a true Fordham fan, you will. I understand it's been tough, and, uh, you know, nobody puts more pressure on themselves than I do. Trust me on that one.
0: Now you're talking about young players, your very young team. Jeff Short, you got a, the medical red shirt on him. Uh, he's been shooting the ball at a 44% clip this year and a 44% clip from deep. Uh, how excited are you that he is finally able to show you, you know, he's healthy now and he's able to show you what he can do from three and Uh, Going forward, where does he fit into this guard play uh, with all these talented guards you have?
1: I'm thrilled. The the big thing about Jeff is just seeing him run up and down the floor healthy after having two knee operations during his freshman year. So that's the first thing because he's a wonderful young guy. But I'm excited for him. And the good thing about Jeff is he can play, you know, three spots on the floor. He could really play two, three, or four if you want to number people uh, on the floor because he, he can extend defense with his ability to shoot the ball. He puts it on the ground better. Like all of our young guys, he's got to become a better defender and a better rebounder. Rarely do you bring have freshmen and sophomores that are excellent defenders and rebounders. So that's something we've got to work on with all of our young guys every day.
2: After the Manhattan game, you guys don't play again at Rose Hill until December 23rd. Is it, Obviously it is, but isn't it a difficult thing for young players, freshmen and sophomores, to play so many games on the road against good teams too? and try to get their groove going away from home. They come back, and then you have another stretch of about five on the road again.
1: Yeah, we play one of our first 11 at home. So uh, that's brutal if you have a veteran team, much less having a young team. Uh, And what I have to make sure is if we don't have the success we're hoping to have, and right now, obviously, we didn't plan on being one and four, they don't lose their spirit because of this. So we need to get home, take care of our home court advantage, and moving forward, something that – that we're we're dealing with on the highest level uh, in athletics is making sure that each year we have fourteen, fifteen home games. We have eleven home games this year, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. That I, you know, uh, old contracts. I mean, we were we we felt pretty strongly we were going to get the second round of the NIT here, and then there were some administrative changes in the NIT, and and that didn't happen. So next year we're already planning on having fourteen or fifteen games at home in Rose Hill and or in the Garden or Barclays, and that's important for us, especially with a young team.
0: Now, coming off you, we were talking a little bit about the Battle of the Bronx with Manhattan. Uh, is there a different feeling in the locker room uh, with, the, with your guys, uh, a little added importance, especially since Manhattan beat Fordham last year uh, for this game?
1: Well, I, I think any nine, you know, good teams, uh, it's not a roller coaster. You're preparing for every game the same way. So uh, I think they'll be fired up to be home. I know that. I think uh you know it was a it, it's still a fun game it's an important game it's I believe it's the 101st year the game's being played. Uh obviously it had a lot more juice to it when they were uh, both in the same conference when we were in the MAC along with with Manhattan. But uh, I think it's still a great battle. I mean it's a game that we got to go out and especially with our older alums it's very important to them because they remember the days of them stealing the ram and painting it green and us going over and doing something to the Jasper, whatever that is, and, uh, (laughs) you know, all of those kind of things. So uh, I I think with our older alumni base, there's still a very strong rivalry. Uh, But I think any time, and I'm a big advocate for New York teams playing each other, it's important for all of us here to be playing each other because it makes New York college basketball better. You see what happens down in Philly, uh, you know, with the Big Five and the fact that they all play each other, and then they include Drexel in that. So... By doing that, it really makes Philadelphia college basketball strong, and that's what we need to do more of here in the metropolitan area.
2: We've talked so much about your younger players and the fact that they have such a prominent role on your team, a whole bunch of them really are seeing solid minutes, and they did their freshman year. Is this something that allows them to mature quicker, maybe, say, than other freshmen who go to a school like UNC who – like they might be sitting because they have all Americans on that team. They're they're not going to see as much time, and they're really going to have to earn it. Where instead, your guys are playing as freshmen, they're playing in tight situations and now learning to gr- uh, get back in games that they're down late down the stretch.
1: Well, I think first and foremost, I think that's the the, the only time we'll be compared to UNC. So I think that that, the, that, was, was that was cool. That I like I like that. Keeps put us out in that kind of class. Uh, a little different at UNC. They come, they play one year, and then they leave very that's often, true. right? But, uh, yeah, no, anytime you're on the floor uh, and you're getting game experience, I think it helps you grow tremendously as a player. And uh, it it obviously, I keep telling our guys, you know, we don't have, we talk to them about veterans and rookies. Our freshmen are rookies and our veterans are sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Because, uh, once again, we're so light in the upper class with juniors and seniors. But, yeah, I think that's a tremendous advantage for guys to, to be in game situations and to learn those things and those uh, those are the things that are going to allow them to be, I think, very good players when they become juniors and seniors.
0: Now, coming up on the schedule, you got Harvard again. I'm sure after last year, you guys are pretty excited to play them. Also, UConn. Uh, so those two schools on the schedule. Uh, I guess which one are you looking forward to more?
1: Well, I mean, look, Harvard at Harvard is a, is a great game. Tommy Amaker, the head coach, and I are friends. Obviously, it's it's. Good for both schools to be involved. I know Harvard likes to have Fordham uh, mentioned uh, on their schedule, as we do with Harvard. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the game I'm thinking of because it's the closest one. UConn, a, a bit down the road. Uh, you know, we've played them in the past. I've played them uh, while I was the coach at Hofstra. Uh, and two very different teams in their style of play and the way you approach things. So, I mean, I look forward to every game. People think I'm crazy, but, I mean, it. you know, I, the term we use all the time is game day is sacred. You know, And there's only so many of them uh, each year, and there's only so many in your lifetime. So when you have an opportunity to go out and compete on this level, you've got to revel in it. You've got to enjoy the challenge, and you've got to let your competitive nature and your competitive juices flow if you're going to have success. So uh, anytime we have a game, home or away, I'm excited about it.
2: Playing games at MSG, at the Barclays, at UConn, non-conference games, but games that allow your players to – play in a big atmosphere are those games even if you win or lose that you feel ready your players more so for atlantic 10 play once that starts up
1: better if you win <laughs> <laughs> you know as I, I i always prefer to win um but yes playing those kind of venues does help you obviously when we go to dayton and xavier and temple and uh And arenas like that in in this league, uh, you know, this year we don't go to Butler. I don't believe we go to Temple either. But some of those other venues, uh, it is advantageous to play in big places, yes. And obviously playing in Barclays will be an advantage for us uh, come Atlantic 10 tournament time, having played there. I mean, here's how crazy our schedule is this year, guys. We're going to go to Lehigh, and we're going to have, after we play Lehigh at Lehigh, we're going to have as many games played in Lehigh's gym as we have in Rose Hill non-conference games. Because of the two the two games in the second round of the NIT, so this is a kind of a bizarre year with, with this schedule, and I don't think you'll see a schedule like this moving forward for a long time.
0: Coach, just my last question to you, you got three Rams now in the eight ten with VCU adding to Rhode Island and Fordham. Obviously, yeah, we, I'm sure you're going to say get Colorado
1: State in here, right? The, that's the, they, right. They, they're the last group, aren't they?
0: <laughs> I, I'm sure you'll say that that we're the be, uh, Fordham's the best Ram squad, but which other Ram squad do you fear more, URI or VCU?
1: Uh, well, we have great tradition with URI, and uh, you know they, they've been a very good basketball program. VCU, I have a long history with going back to the Colonial League. I think of the three Rams, ours is the classiest, best dressed, and has the best colors. If you were going to go out, you'd wear maroon and gray before you'd wear uh, light blue and dark blue, or uh, yellow and black. So in that sense, uh, I think our Ram uh, blows them both away.
2: Coach, now fi- my final question, I'll make it quick, with all these big games coming up and Tough games in big arenas—is that something you can use as a recruiting tool for young players to come to your school? And
1: also, the location being so close to the city, oh, very much so. I mean, that's what we sell. You know, we have those banners in the gym, and they speak in volume. You know, Fordham is my school, New York is my campus, and we sell that. Uh, and and those arenas, when young men are in on visits, we make sure that they see both Barclays and, and Madison Square Garden, and that offsets, uh, you know, the fact that other schools will in the rec- recruiting is. It's quite a business. And, uh, you know, uh, other schools will say, you know, Coach Pekora and his staff, wow, they're great guys, but, jeez, that gym up there, you know. <laughs> so how do we offset that? Well, we offset that by taking them to Barclays and taking them to the Garden and talking to them about the opportunities to play there and then uh, talking to them about how beautiful and how, what an advantage it is to play in the Rose Hill Gym.
0: Well, Coach, thanks so much for taking out your uh, time from your day to come and speak to us. Uh, r- hopefully, you recover quick enough from the turkey on Thanksgiving, and good luck against Manhattan.
1: I'm all good that way, guys. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure.